Thanks for engaging with the Open Life Talks, whether you're on the Open Life Church app or you're listening through iTunes. You know, we know that life can be overwhelming, but we've found that true life and peace of mind can come from a growing relationship with Jesus. So thanks for taking the time to listen or watch today's talk. You know, this is part of our James Summer Series, and so we are walking through the book of James verse by verse. We also have some additional resources that we want to put in your hands. Go to any app store, download the Open Life Church app, then from the front, front page, make sure you click on the button open daily. And we have some cool daily devotionals that we want you to read along according to each week that you're listening to or part of. So we encourage you to do that. Here is today's talk. Well, we're walking through James uh, this summer. And today we're in James 1, 19 through 27. So I'm going to jump right in. And it's interesting how he begins it, specifically in the New Living Translation, which we're reading from. It says this, understand this. I just love that beginning, right? Isn't that a great way to start a passage of Scripture? Understand this. Okay, so we're going to try to today. My dear brothers and sisters, you must be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts. For it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. If you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself, and your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans, and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Wow. I love it. James spells out such a simple uh, lesson here that it's like, do I even need to preach it, right? I mean, it's just plain to understand what he just talked about. We fall into these patterns of being being so quick to, to, to just respond to people and we fall into bad habits about being quickly angered and, and just bothered by our pet peeves. But yet James just opens up this three-part instruction to help us figure out how to move ahead on a road that is free from the corruption of this world, right? Pure and genuine Religion is what he's showing us to find. A way we must understand, he says, right? Not just obey, understand this. So when we read, watch, listen to, or participate in the unhealthy extreme perspectives of our world today, things get ugly with our witness, right? It's so easy to grab... uh, uh, an extreme perspective on any issue that we would choose to grab a hold of, isn't it? 
And I don't care what side you're on, far left, far right, far high, far low. I don't know. But if you're far and extreme, it's unhealthy. And it's polarizing and anger ensues. And we see anger and tensions rising all around us, don't we? What a timely, timely passage. Because people are really, really quick to shout their perspective. Instead of waiting and observing, asking God for wisdom in a moment of quiet consideration to take on impossible tasks that surround us in our world today. Going back to last week, we see that if we lack wisdom, we can simply ask and God will guide us into a path that is wise that will glorify him. So let's catch you up to pace. James is this book that we're walking through, and we're going to go through it slowly, right? So every week we're just in a few passages, like all week this week. If you open up, we create this weekly devotional or daily devotional that each week there's seven different days. And we're talking about the same passages all week long. Like this week, we're going to talk about James 1, 19 through 27. And each devotional is a different perspective of these passages. And I love all the devotionals that are being turned in and the illustrations they bring out. Because they each grab a different angle of this text. It's amazing how much is in here. And I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to hit on those today so that... It's fresh when you read it every day during the course of this week. But we wanted to spend a summer diving in weekly and slowly making our way through this book that is encouraging believers to do the good your faith in you has embedded within you through the Holy Spirit to do, right? We have this opportunity to do good with our faith. Not that our faith would be based off doing good, but that it would produce things that are good for us to do. So we have this summer of focus, if you will. Entire groups of people are including in the, included in James' address. He's really talking to believers, those who have made a moment in their life to choose to follow Jesus. And once they've made that choice to follow Jesus, they've said, I believe that you came, you're the son of God, you're raised from the dead, I can get eternal life through you and life to the full right now. Right? So people who've accepted the gospel James is writing to, and he says he's writing to them all across the earth. So he's not just writing to individuals. He's writing to gatherings of individuals, collective bodies, communities of followers of Jesus is who he's writing to. And he's writing so that we could be united and understand healthy disciplines of the faith. When we're all pursuing in unison the way to full life and peace of mind through a growing relationship with Jesus, things are beautiful. So he's giving us a path to that. We don't take the summer off of our faith. And it's easy. I, uh, you know, being a pastor, it's fun in a, in a home with students, kids that go to school, and a teacher as a wife and so they always wonder dad why are you not on vacation you know why 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 do you not get the whole summer off and I'm like good question I'm just kidding uh, no it is like you know 
uh, we're still making things move forward, learning how to dominate Fortnite. Oh, I mean, uh, really praying through things, uh, watching lots of movies, entertaining our kids. So we're, we're having fun during the summer, but we don't take the summer off our faith. And at Open Life, maybe you've been at other churches in the past that just kind of let summer be a lull. We really think there's something beautiful in the summer that allows us to focus in, have more quiet time. So we created the devotional called Open Daily that you can read daily uh, on the app that you can link to through our Next Steps page on our website. And... Uh, Download that and read it daily and grow daily and go into the fall, which is school year, kind of in a community full of young people, as this is, begins this grind of life. What if we equip ourselves for that grind to make a massive impact in our community, in our own family, in our neighborhoods? That's what we love in the summer to do. And James gives us the tools to do it like doing good with our faith. So that's why we love this book. We're excited to go through this. And James made it so clear that our point was really simple. Our big idea for today's talk was really simple. So it's humbly accept the word of God. When you kind of take these passages in James 1, 19 through 27, and you look at the three points that we'll hit in a second, and then you look at like the big idea in the center of it all, it comes down to we really need to humbly accept the word of God. And there's all these promises that go along with humbly accepting the word of God. The word of God is planted in our hearts, it says within the context of these passages. The word of God is not just something we read. We actually have the opportunity to listen to it. The word of God has the power to save your soul. The word of God sets you free. The word of God is the source of blessing. And the word of God inspires us to care. Those all are within these verses. And so we're, we have some great promises if we would humbly accept the word. Dana was preparing her devotion this week that is, uh, I think it's like Wednesday or Thursday, I don't know what day, but uh, that she wrote it uh, in, for, the, for the daily devotional. And it was kind of cool. She was sitting there going, I don't know what to write. This is just so easy to comprehend. It's just so, I mean, obviously it's, it's, the points are right here. James makes it obvious. And so to come up with something, I was like, well, yeah, but how does this apply in our home? How does it work? And so she began to dialogue through it and uh, wrote a great devotional. But it really is so simple that uh, you could fill in the blanks just by reading the scripture. So we'll jump into it. Thought one, <laughs> if we listen and dive into uh, the word of God, if we humbly accept the word of God, we will be quick to listen, right? That's the first instruction. Be quick to listen. What's the difference between hearing and listening? Oftentimes we find ourselves hearing but not listening, and sometimes we're uh, trying to discern this. But think through, what is the difference between Hearing and listening. Something that we should all ponder, right? Something that maybe uh, you will read in this week's devotionals. But we can often hear but not allow ourselves to listen. 
to allow all the elements of the conversation sink in. Many personalities, like my own, are quick-witted and love to tell stories and often have the challenge of listening deeply. Instead, I hear something. It gives me a thought of a story. Now I'm waiting for you to finish because I need to tell you something, right? So the whole time, I, I missed listening. I just heard something that gave me a thought, and it could be going this direction, and all of a sudden, I've got a story to tell and as soon as there's a breath. And maybe I cut you off. And this happens in a lot of homes when you have that personality in it. The one who likes to talk. The one who always has a story. As they teach in school, the one who has oh, what are they, a connection. <laughs> our, our youngest daughter is always like, I have a connection to that. And you're not done telling the story. I know you do. You have a connection for everything. It's awesome. I got to watch our kids uh, this week. Dana was in Minnesota. Uh, the girls went off to, the twins went off to camp. So it was myself and Jaden and Preston. And I listened to Jaden the whole, the whole time, all day, every waking hour, every waking. And it's random. Like the things that come out of the mouth are like, you know, you could be saying, I think I'm going to have cereal for breakfast. Cereal! And then there's this discourse on some YouTube video with somebody's name that she feels she has a personal relationship with. They ate cereal once when they found something in their pool. And then they had a baby. And you're like, how did this come from cereal, right? That personality. When, when we have that person, so I pass that down to her because I was that kid. So, you know, you look at that and go, when you have that personality, sometimes it's hard to actually listen to look someone in the eye when they're talking and to, to actually not just hear the words but listen to the body language and the, the, the tones and like what's happening inside the conversation. Not that you're reading into what they're saying, but you're listening for everything they want to communicate. It's hard. It takes discipline. Proverbs 10:19 says, "Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut." <laughs> Could you be more simple than that? I was like, "Okay, I received that word maybe as I'm up here preaching and saying a lot of words for the devotional that we write uh, for you during the course of the summer. It's 200 to 300 word devotionals." And, and a few people this week have expressed how difficult it is to write 200 words in a devotional. Well, guess who has the opposite problem? How do I get below the 300 mark cutoff? <laughs> I'm just like, oh, 500 words. Delete, 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 right? Some of us have the opposite problem. Quick to listen? Okay, Lord. I love the wording of the New Living Translation. It says... In the course of this, it says that uh, we should look carefully into the Word of God. That's part of listening, isn't it? It's amazing that our eyes help us listen. And if someone's speaking or if we're studying the Bible and we look carefully, 
listening is looking carefully at what is to be heard. It's just really interesting to me. Many of the commentaries talked about this instruction about listening to the word of God, the element of it, and that, that the word of God in this context is literally the preached word of God as well as the written scripture. And you just go, it is good that we show up, that we're present, that we're hearing the preached word and not just reading the written word. A lot of movements would say, I can do faith alone in my home with the Bible but yet this instruction of James is, no, you need to come together as communities of followers. The gift of preaching and the receiving of the preached word is something vital for our life. For us to live a life that's truly worth living. Man, that's interesting. And yet, given the fact that I preach and share words a lot, I'm prone to sin and need to shut up. That's what we're just in the Bible, right? And so I'm constantly walking this, this tightrope of tension. We must listen to the preach, the preaching, but then we've got to ponder it because God has something for us to listen to and hear. And each of us are going to catch something different. Each of us will have a next step. That's why we tried to make it obvious and give you an action thought every week or we try to get you... Uh, uh, a next step, and that's why we made the page on your app or on the website, Next Steps, so that you can actually see, oh, well, maybe what do I do next from this talk that just inspired me or challenged me or made me aware? I have an issue of not listening. And, uh, and so maybe it's to choose Jesus. I want to be the believer this message is for. Maybe it's going to be to get baptized because you've chose Jesus, but you haven't stepped out in your faith as a public confession. Or maybe you're, you need to begin to serve with your faith. Or maybe you find yourself needing to read the Bible personally, and so the daily devotional is going to be a rich next step for you. It could be that praying is the next step. There's so many things that could be a next step. If we become great listeners of the word, we'll have an endless opportunity to do good with the words we hear. So, humbly accept the word of God. We'll be quick to listen. If we humbly accept the word of God, it'll start to help us be quick to listen. Thought two, we'll be slow to speak. Now, this doesn't say speak slowly. It says we'll be slow to speak. We'll have a moment. We'll take a moment, right? Um, again, if you're hearing to talk, if you're that guy, if you're the guy, maybe, maybe you know people that when they're, when they're getting ready, when somebody's talking, they're like, uh, uh, right? You know that person in a circle? Do you have somebody that when you're telling a story, you see them getting ready to talk? It's like, yeah, I was, I was camping this week. And they're like, oh, 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 oh. they're just like waiting for you to breathe. And so it's like a game and you just never stop. You just keep talking and you make up more to your story. Or am I the only one that does that? There's uh Anyway, so again, if you're that person, if you're the person that's hearing to talk, what can you do to discipline yourself to listen? But then, next step, what can you do your, for yourself to take a pause before you speak? It won't destroy your personality if you're quick-witted to pause before you come in. Although, for those of us that are quick-witted, it's often the speed in which we can make a little 
comment that makes the room laugh, but then we sinned probably, right? And so you just go, shoot, it's this thing that I'm really good at, but often it can hurt somebody in the room. This is always a little truth and sarcasm. So this segment of scriptures asks us, how is our tongue, right? Like, have we disciplined our tongue? How are you doing at that? Do you continually disqualify your witness through what you say in your day? Or maybe I could apply what you share, like, comment on, agree with publicly, very publicly. We live in this world that is over-speaking. Like it's this shout of information quickly. But first, before we dive into that, listen to what Proverbs says. Now, this, this segment of James, they say he may have been actually just re-quoting Proverbs of old. They often think that like he could have been like directly quoting the wisdom of the old Proverbs that we can read in our, in our Bible. And you can see the parallels. Listen to these. Uh, Proverbs 13.3 says, Those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. <laughs> uh, Proverbs 17.27-28 says, A truly wise person uses few words. A person with understanding is even-tempered. Even fools are thought wise when they keep silent. With their mouths shut, they seem intelligent. <laughs> Man, I think it could be an insult this week if you tell someone, you seem intelligent. <laughs> are you really calling them a fool if you say that? I don't know. Uh, Proverbs 29.20, there's more hope for a fool than for someone who speaks without thinking. What if we could just think before we speak? Do we really live in a world that does that? No, no, no. We live in a world that thinks out loud on social platforms. Right? 140 characters at a time or whatever it is now. I don't tweet enough to know. Or, you know, Facebook, we, we post videos, we post images, we post whatever we can. But it's out loud as thoughts, as reflections, as ideas. But what is the fruit we're thinking out loud so much that we get caught in a moment of just thinking. We're not like stating a position. We're just thinking and somebody then interprets from what we think and puts us in a corner of belief that maybe we didn't originally intend but now we're stuck in. And then you get opposition to that belief and then you get people deleting and hating and, and it's all of a sudden and you're like, how did I do this? I was just saying, I wonder. But you did it out loud. We live in this world that's now mad at each other and anger is really rising because of what we're just thinking about out loud. What we're really doing all along is sharing something without thinking. It's not that we're thinking out loud. We're sharing before we thought. And it's dangerous. We see the issues with it every day in America. 
<laughs> of these thoughts that go out on the internet and just blow things up. The issue is our thoughts came out before we deeply considered them, before we paused to think about it. We did not slowly consider our speech or our writing, and we ruin everything as the proverb says. You ruined everything by opening your mouth or your fingers to type. For some, they lose their careers with one tweet. There's, there's articles about how sad this is where somebody was trying to be sarcastic or funny and witty, but in typing it's hard to hear tone or be in that moment in which they typed it and it's taken as an offense and people lose their careers often resulting in losing their life to their own taking. For others, it puts them in a, a national spotlight because they just weren't thinking and say something, and everybody quotes it. Or maybe it results in the loss of a friendship or the breaking up of a family, all because of a word. So my name is Thad, and I am a recovering quick speaker. Is this anonymous? Did I show up in the right room? Uh, I find it helpful to do a few things before I write, type, speak, uh, I'll ask questions like, who will this help if I share it? Like, who's going to be helped if I share Like, is it going to make a difference if I like this post or respond to it in any way, shape, or form? When I shared something like this last time, what was the fruit? <laughs> Who will this motivate? Let's take the positive. I need to share this because it will mobilize someone, right? What good might come of me speaking right now? Or what evil might continue in my silence? Silence can be just as bad as quick speech, right? Will this benefit my followers? I'm not talking about the church, my people. You are my followers. No, talking about like social media followers. If, if those following you on a platform, if I say this, like will it benefit them? Will this glorify God? Let's get spiritual. We're at church. Will it harm open life? I carry a responsibility as a pastor. It, even on my own personal platform, I can't spew some hate on my personal profile and not have it reflect on what the church believes, right? We have to consider these things. If my response is, I don't really care, then I have to check my heart for that as well, right? I need to care for the community's sake. And I need to say things at times. And other times, I need to remain silent because that's just a mess if you jump into it. So it's really interesting when we really consider, we sit back we take a very intentional pause before we chime in. If we humbly accept the word of God, listen more thoroughly, speak after a great pause, right, to consider if we're about to make a fool of ourselves or ruin our witness, then we get to move on to the third thought. We will be slow to get angry. So we humbly accept the word of God, 
quick to listen, slow to speak, then we will be slow to get angry. Proverbs 15.1 in the New Living Translation says, A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. I drive my family crazy with this one. Because when volumes rise and angers are elevating and, and it's like things are going up, I'll get softer. And I always say a quote, volume is a sign of weakness. Just because of this proverb. When I was first reading the Bible, uh, I found myself uh, in this little, like, I was handed this little book called uh, proverb, living proverbs, and in there, one of the first passages that jumped out to me was Proverbs 15:1, and in that translation, it says, "A gentle answer turns away wrath, and a harsh word stirs up anger." And I memorized it. Why? Because I also not only was I a, a recovering quick speaker, I was a very angry kid and young adult. I had anger issues. And, um, and I remember reading through the Bible and getting to that passage and going, oh, that's my problem. Like when I'm backed into a corner, I often would get ah, stronger and louder and feistier. And this is saying get become more gentle. So it really drives the kids again crazy when you're just like, you steal a line from a great philosophical moment or instructional video like Home Alone. Or no, not Home Alone. It's, uh, it's Santa Claus. And you say, you say uh, how is this making you feel right now? Right? You put on that psychologist uh, vest and you just kind of get gentle, gentle. The more gentle you get and the feistier someone else gets just frustrates them, but yet they calm down. Classic. But it took time and the Holy Spirit to get there. So my daughter Jaden got the talking side of Thad. My son Preston got the angry side of Thad. Double portion. Um, and so this kid. Has anybody seen Incredibles or Incredibles 2? He is Jack-Jack. Like this kid can in an instant. You know, you're just like, man, what just happened? It can be that moment. Um, oh, I ate the berry you wanted out of like 500 raspberries we just picked. And that one berry you wanted, that's why you just punched your sister in the face. Got it. That is totally understood now. Next time you use words, right? And you try to, hey, buddy, is this... Are you okay? Is this how you do it? It's just like, this is not working. Oh, I sat in the seat you wanted to sit in for dinner. That's why you threw the food across the table. I get it. I get it. We're trying to help you out here. We, we uh, oh, you were thinking of, of sitting on the hammock, but I came and sat first, so you think you should hit me in the head with a shovel. Got it. That's, I'm understanding this now. The shovel made it clear. Made it really clear. He didn't do that. I'm exaggerating. But, dear Jesus, help my child quickly, right? Because it is that moment where it's like, it was the Holy Spirit that took that anger away from me. I remember the reputation I had. Don't fight that guy. Because if you do get him angry, it's not pretty. 
This reputation spread after I punched the disciplinary principal in high school in the face. And, and it wasn't good fruit of what was within me. And I knew that I was to be a better child than this. And I channeled it through sports a lot. But you're just like, every once in a while, it would... And I did not feel great about that part of my life. Then I met Jesus. When I was 21, I make a decision to follow Jesus, and I start to cry at movies. What? All through movies at times. Even movies I'm not passionate about, about like dogs' lives and things. You're just like, oh, he's going to come back. He's going to find us. Oh, he found him. Oh, you're just crying. You're like, what am I doing? I don't even have a pet, you know? And you're just like, Colossians 3.8 says this. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Something happens when you follow Jesus. This anger and rage and the things that come up within us go away. They sang a worship song just a second ago. I pulled up the lyrics. Verse 2, still call the sea to still. The rage in me to still every wave at your name. That's exactly what happened in me when I made a decision to follow Jesus. He stilled the rage in me. Things that I would usually major over in my life became minor things. And someone even drilled that quote into me when I was a new follower of Jesus. Thad, stop majoring over minor things and Everything is minor. Don't major over the minors and everything is minor. In the grand scheme of life, everything's minor, right? Think about your life. What are you angry about right now? What is bothering you? What's the big deal right now? Fill in the blank for yourself. It's a big deal that... uh, Is it really that big of a deal? Is it really that major? Is it really that big of a deal that they wrecked the car? (laughs) Car, right? I'm just kidding. That'd be bad. But anyway, you know, is it really that big of a deal if the red box was returned a couple days late? Or, you know, they downloaded a video they weren't supposed to. Is it really that big of a deal that he bought a TV without asking you? Could be. Depends on the size of the TV. Uh, uh, Is it really that big of a deal that Your spouse decided to build a hammock stand that becomes a pergola versus just keeping the $50 one from Grocery Outlet. Is there an image that... Oops, anyway. um, Sorry, dear. Uh, $250 versus $50. Okay, moving on. Uh, Not that that happened. Um, Do still need to buy stain. Okay, never mind the price quote. We'll just leave that alone. But it was fun. Ephesians 4 says this, verse 26. Don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. James and Paul writing in Ephesians and the Colossians passage, they're not telling us anger doesn't happen anymore. You're going to get angry. They're just challenging how you respond to that. What do you do with that anger? 
Do you let God control that? Do you let the word of God get in you and channel that anger to be productive and to find solutions and pain points and be solutions around you to things that make others angry? Are you a peacemaker? This does not mean you're not angry. It just means you're not angry quickly. That you're not temper prone. That you're rash with your temper. If you're angry, you cannot do any of the good things that God wants done one of the commentaries suggested. It's like, wow, that's challenging. So James pretty much says anger is aligned with the worst filth and evil in the world. And you're just going, okay, that's kind of strong. Especially when you see Jesus get angry in such a way that inspired people in his day. So we know anger is not sin. But we do need to be wise with how we put that anger into action. Our action point for this week, daily listen to the word of God. Because ultimately that's the only thing that is going to transform us from the inside out to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I so want that for you. I so want you to see and experience transformation like I was not a nice guy. You would have not liked me in between the ages of, well, birth and 21 probably, right? And it's just like, I look like a good kid and then you get to know me and you're like, whoa. Anyway, maybe 23. But it took a couple of years to rub it all off. But I could get mad real fast. That was not healthy. And I think some of us have that same challenge still. We need to let the word of God chip away those edges within us. And we'll have space and time to allow him to do that this week when we're reading through the devotions where we're going towards our future together and opening up James, finding the good that we can do. I want to pray that good over you. I want to pray that peace over you. I want to pray that rage would still in this room. So Lord, I thank you for your word. That we can humbly accept the word of God and, and that we would begin to daily open it so that those rough edges could be peeled off. Lord, those could be removed from our life so that, God, we would be free, that we would be completely at peace in the world around us. Even when anger comes against us, we would have the courage to respond gently, which would turn away that wrath. It would just deflect it. God, I pray that you would make us a people that are quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And people will look at us and go, how in the world did that not just make you livid? And we can say, well, there's a challenge that I would pause and allow God to, to really instruct me and give me wisdom how to respond in the scripture. And I daily read the Bible. And that helps me not just act out rashly and angry. God, help it be a witness to those around us that we're not quickly angered. Help your word come alive in each of us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The worship team's going to sing while you reflect on today's talk. And maybe you have a specific action or a prayer request. You want to turn that Connect card over that you filled out. Share it with us. We want to pray with you this week. Uh, we want to help you in any way we can. Uh, if you make a decision to follow Jesus today, check that box. If you 
want more information on anything, check that on the back of the Connect card. Reflect what God's doing in you while the worship team sings, and Jaden will come close us out here in a second. Well, thanks once again for engaging with today's talk. You know, if you're listening on the Open Life Church app or through the message archive, you can fill out a Connect card. Let us know that you're listening, and we would love to pray with you if you have any prayer requests. So make sure you fill that out there. Again, you, from the front page of our Open Life Church app, we have some additional resources, a daily devotional that we want you to be able to have in your hands. So click on that button, open daily, and be encouraged by other people at Open Life who are engaging with the book of James as well. Thanks again for being part of what Open Life is doing, and thanks for taking time out of your day to listen or watch here at Open Life Church.